This episode of Warp 5 is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 180,000 titles for smartphone, tablet, and desktop. To get a free audiobook of your choice and help Trek FM at the same time, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. And also by Enterprise in Space, an international program of the non-profit National Space Society. Find out how you can help science and education and become a virtual crew member aboard the NSS Enterprise Orbiter by visiting enterpriseinspace.org. And if you want to join in on the conversation and share your thoughts on this episode or any other, please join the Babel Conference, our listeners group on Facebook. Just type Babel, that's B-A-B-E-L, into the Facebook search field. We look forward to seeing you there. Hi, this is Dayton Ward, author of a whole bunch of Star Trek novels, and you're listening to Warp 5 on Trek FM. Welcome, boomers, to another episode of Warp 5. I'm your host, Brandon Shea and today we've got a fun little episode, but joining me, as always, I'm alone with Brandy Jacola. It's just her and I again today, and uh, Patrick... Oh, wait. Wait a minute. Patrick! Patrick's here! Yes, yes, I'm here. Yay, Patrick! As always, kind of, sort of. As mostly. Yeah, as mostly. Mostly. The only person we can say as always for is Brandy at this point. No, I was sick that one time. <laughs> All right, so there goes I, that theory. I was barfing up a lung. I'm sure yep. you didn't want me to be recording and watching me barfing up a lung. Well, no, I didn't. But uh, we could say as always would be Jonathan Archer and our intro because that music has been the same since the beginning. There you go. Yes. But we're not here to discuss uh, ill crew members or whatnot. We're here to discuss our topic today. But before we get into that topic, first, I have to ask Patrick, how was your holiday? It was good. It was good. Uh, we spent two weeks away. Uh, the drive was long there and long back, but we stopped in uh, Disney and then Hilton Head, South Carolina, which was pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. So lots of sun, did lots you of find a, Did you find a xenomorph princess? I, I unfortunately no. I made somebody laugh. They tweeted us on Twitter. I wish I, I couldn't find the tweet. I was looking earlier, but they're like, I laughed so hard when you said, what is a xenomorph a Disney princess well, or a Disney queen? It is now. It is now. <laughs> it is now. Excellent. They're going to build a park for that. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Well, today we're just because we're all on holidays and Brandy just got out of her, you know, Salt Lake, Utah, Salt Con, whatever they call no. it over there. Fanex Salt Lake Comic Convention, or as I just call it, Comic Con, because San Diego can't stop me from saying it. What if they sued you for hearing they, that? They can't. I don't know. They can't because I'm not being paid by Salt Lake Comic Con. Ha ha ha. Actually, or they Fanex. can. They just may not win, but they can sue you. They, but why would they bother? Them. Because they're not bothering to sue all of the other comic conventions that are using the term Comic-Con. So Right, but you are spreading the Comic-Con words to all ten of our listeners. Uh, that's cute. You think there's ten. <laughs> eight. <laughs> eight. You know. Well, we got eight oh, patrons now. Rounding so up. At least we, have eight pa- we have eight listeners. 
at least. So, oh, well, and I listen, so that's nine. So, I listen too. So we are at ten. There, there we go. Ten listeners. My See, husband listens, far. so there's eleven. That's a pity. Listen. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Not oh, for you, for us. For Not us. for you, for all of us is what I mean. I'm not, I wasn't, that wasn't a jab at you. It was a jab at us. Yeah, yeah, sure. He's like, whatever. I guess I got Oh, if they, if they only heard the way I got jabbed before. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, let's just jump into our feedback from the last aired episode. No. Uh, as of this recording, we have the seventh. Uh, we, had t- we had another episode, but nobody bothered to comment on it because, I don't know, they liked my picture for uh, Archer eating the, the gonads. But, uh, the prairie oysters. The prairie oysters. Thank you. That's more appropriate. Mm. Kid friendly prairie oysters. Uh, but we'll talk about the previous episode, one sixty one, which was our episode on the seventh, uh, which was that episode that was the based on the Seven Samurai, right? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or the seven of them go into a tundra. No one really knows. Yeah, something like that. I don't. I don't remember the episode anymore. It was nine, but. Okay, yeah, that's not what happened. But anyway, William J. Jackson says, "Great cod, great cod past, great podcast, cod past." That sounds like something you do in Nova Scotia, like when they fish a lot, they'd be like a cod pass. All right, so just to be clear, he didn't write that. I'm just a moron. No, you're not a moron. Great podcast. I felt this was the worst episode of of Enterprise ever, despite the boost in trust between Archer and T'Pol. Just bland. But the Vulcans uh, taking painful memories is intriguing, and to Paul saying she needed someone she could trust, not Vulcan, to me is a direct after effect of the greatest Enterprise uh, episode ever, the the Andorian incident, to which we surely all agree. Hint. Uh, there was a little back and forth about that where I said uh, I tried to find something to make this episode good, but I just couldn't. And uh, and then we talked about what I really think is the worst episode ever. But we've all heard that, so we don't have to go into that. Mm-hmm. Um, then, because we talked about that, Chris Trebuzio posted a gif of Fraggle Rock dancing around. Mm-hmm. Um, always, always spot on. And then, uh, Brandon, you, right? Which episode is that again? Oh, right, The Seventh Samurai. You're getting a lot of mileage out of that joke. <laughs> uh, Todd, good show today. Honestly, I skip over this episode whenever I do a rewatch. Almost everything about the episode is just so, eh, whatever. It just carries no interest in me. Very few episodes do that for me. I can usually find something that really grabs me in most episodes. That being said, I completely agree. It's a good episode, just eh, though. Uh, it makes, if that makes sense. So I would love it if somebody could tell us that they loved this episode or it was one of their favorites. You know, I tried. Because you did try. I, I failed, but I tried. Yes. Um, I, I agree with him though completely. Like it, 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 his statement makes perfect sense to me because it, it is. It's, there's nothing technically wrong with the episode. It's just eh. So, and our last our last comment was from Lewis Adams. I had to look up this episode to jog my memory of it. That secrecy stuff at the start was definitely ridiculously overdone. I do remember enjoying the recognition of trust between Archer and Paul. This was a good character episode, but as discussed in the podcast, it could have used a bit of plot work. So, Excellent. I mean, everyone kind of agreed with what we came up with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if somebody loves it, find that, tag us in it, make sure you tag us in it, we'll read it on a future. Tell us if you love it, because, you know, there's that rule. Everybody that doesn't like an episode, somebody loves it, you know? So, while we're not the largest fans of the seventh, uh, we hope that you are. There's got to be one somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, yeah, Brandy wasn't there. Brandy, was it you? 
<laughs> sure wasn't. No, it's I I appreciate things about the episode, but the episode as a whole, not so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's what we thought too. That's basically how we summed it up. So, well, today we're going to get into our discussion, and to because Brandy was away at her uh, Salt Lick Comic Con. Um, <laughs> Salt Lick. Salt Lick. Come on, hunting deer that again. Is- disrespectful it's the capital city of the state of utah salt lake city lake it's because we have a lake with salt in it are you making fun of my canadian accent eh salt lake oh he got you i mean he's full of it but he got you yeah he's full of a lot of things right now (laughs) donuts Donuts. (laughs) she um, wasn't blind and Patrick was away on vacation and whatnot, so we're all we didn't quite have the time to prepare for this week. So we decided to do an AMA, which is an Ask Me Anything episode. So we posted a thread in the Babel conference, and we've got a few questions from the listeners. So thank you very much to everybody who participated, and I think we should just jump into them. Perfect. So our first question comes from William J. Jackson. He says, "Would you all welcome an episode of Future Picard Show?" That gives us more backstory on the Temporal Cold War and the Enterprise era. And if yes, what details? And absolutely, I say, heck yeah, I would totally be in for that. If we had Picard talking about something and maybe they had to refer to something that happened during, I don't know, the Temporal Cold War or the Romulan War or something like that. Even if they made a reference to what happened in um, These are the Voyages, you know, somehow tying it all back in or whatever, anything any type of continuity is welcome by me. What do you guys think, Brandy? I fully agree with you. I would welcome any reference to Enterprise continuity because I feel like it's the redheaded stepchild of the Star Trek universe, and it's just not fair, guys. This is a better show than people are giving it credit for. And I would like to see it recognized in that way and not with, you know, the half-hearted oh we're acknowledging you via next generation thing that these were the these are the voyages was so i would i i don't need necessarily temporal cold war anything like that but just pick something pick the zindi war anything i mean the zindi war was a pretty big deal because up until that point no alien had ever attacked earth and killed so many people in one go it was unheard of it was. It came before the Romulan War. It came before all these other things. Make a reference to that. I'm good with it. I want it. I want it now. Patrick, what do you think? Yeah, I, I completely agree. I agree with Brandy, but I also agree with uh, William. I, I would love references to how the Temporal Cold War finally came to an end. That it wasn't we, just we, the ending of the Zindi War. No, well, I was, <laughs> I was getting to that. Man, you stepped all over my lawn. You guys are killing me tonight. I'm sorry. I'll just sit here and shut up. <laughs> no, you don't have to do that. Um, but yeah, they could write our movie. It's fine. I'm yeah. okay with that. I don't even just credit me like somewhere small. Don't even give me money. Just write it. Yeah, just and based on the story by. Give us money. He says. <laughs> he wasn't even money. involved. <laughs> So, no, but seriously, like, I would love to see how that all finishes itself. And they could even bring back some of those actors for the show because they would look how they should look when that may have ended, you know? So, yeah, you know, you don't have to put the whole crew together for a series or a long, you know, uh, movie, but you could have the flashbacks show Archer and show... Trip not dead or whatever. It doesn't really mm-hmm. matter, but you can do all this stuff, and that would be awesome. 
You bet. So we are all for it. Okay, let's jump to our next question here. Ron Sarna says, should remastered episodes happen in the future? Should Klingons be portrayed as in Discovery? What do you guys think? Okay, so part A, um, I know this is like heresy. I don't care about remastered episodes. Mm-hmm. It's not some, It's not a deal either way for me. If they do it, great. If they don't do it, great. Um, I don't understand the, the Klingon question, though. I think he, what he means is, you know how in the remastered TOS... Uh, they they change some special effects and remastered Next Generation. They change a few special effects. I think he's asking, should they change how the Klingons look so that they look like they did in Discovery? Oh, uh, eh, whatever. I don't think they should. Brandy's shaking her head no as well. Yeah, I mean that doesn't. If I don't care about remastered, I definitely don't care about which way the Klingons look. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so that now nah, that to me either. I actually would I would not like them to change the Klingons. That's no uh, remastered. Take it or leave it. If they make it, I'll buy it, and they'll just sucker me in for some more money. Yes. Brandy? Oh, uh, I definitely don't think that they should change the way the Klingons look. That would just be a really difficult thing to do and not worth the effort, in my opinion, because Klingons were still evolving during mm-hmm. that time because of that virus, etc., And there's really no need to bridge the gap. I don't, I don't care about that. It's not something that influences the story for good or ill for me. So, um, but remastered episodes. Yeah, I would buy them. So I, I mean, I'm not going to be all upset if they don't do it because the Blu-rays do look really great, but you know, if they do remaster them, I don't really feel like it's necessary to change a whole lot of stuff because this was the age where digital effects were starting to be easier and more realistic to do. So, yeah, don't go around changing a bunch of stuff just because you can. Mm-hmm. That's my opinion. Yeah, I don't think they need to change it. I mean, I wouldn't want them to go back to TOS and make the Klingons look like next generation Klingons. You know, like, it's just the way that they are, and it's special effects. And and while I don't care how the Klingons look in Discovery, it never bothered me that they look different. I mean, that was whatever. The Klingons are always changing. Aliens are always changing how they look. Trill never looked the same, you know? Like, I don't know. Aliens have always looked different in Star Trek. Whatever. The first yeah. Trill we saw did not even remotely look like Jadzia Dex. There was right. none of the spotting or anything. There was no. forehead ridges. That's pretty yeah. much it. They got yeah. all that stuff from the perfect mate. That's mm-hmm. the makeup they used for her, right? So Exactly. Yeah, whatever. Doesn't matter to me. Plus, then if they do that, do they have to go back to all the other series and make them all look like yeah, Discovery Clinton? Like it just it seems like way too much work for not enough people buying those DVDs again or whatever, yeah. the Blu rays again. Not necessary. So Tim Cooper asks a question about uh, the podcasting process. He says, could you talk a bit about the process used for making Warp 5? How long does it take from generating an idea to recording to editing and release? You all obviously put in a great deal of effort on this podcast and across Trek FM, and I think you all... Uh, think what you all do should be shared. Well, Tim, it's really easy. Uh, about five minutes before we hit record, we're like, what are we talking about tonight? <laughs> okay, so, no, don't listen to him. He's joking. But th- that's not completely true that he's joking because that has happened where Brandy and I had completely set up an idea. I'm a jerk. I, I set up a, an idea, and then I watched completely different episodes for no reason because I forgot what that idea was. And... um. 
And then we've also had times where we come up with an idea and it sits on a list for six, seven months before it gets picked up again. Yeah. See, generally with Warp 5, like, like I like to plan a little bit. So we do have a list of episode topics that we want to address. We have a list of episodes that we want to do commentaries for and things like that. And, you know, the commentaries are generally episodes that we consider easier to edit and easier to prepare for. Because all we have to do is really watch it once and then watch it while we talk. And then there's really no editing involved on a commentary because you have to keep the file in sync with the episode in case somebody's watching it. So as soon as we hit record, while I may bleep out some something inappropriate that Patrick says in an episode like I did. Why am I getting run over? Because I had to do that to you in the last commentary. I had to beep you out in the last commentary. Don't you remember? (laughs) That was totally appropriate. Anyways. But uh, other than that, we leave it all in. So that's kind of funny. Um, But, but, I mean, as you've heard, I don't know if you listen all the way to the end all the time, but sometimes we'll say, hey, coming up, we got this. And there was a time this summer where we're like, here's the next five episodes because we kind of had them planned out. Um, so that kind of fell apart when I took my vacation, um, you know, that we weren't able to follow through on some of the ones that I had planned. We do intend to go back to them and we do have a list of those ones that we will be addressing shortly. So we try to plan a couple of weeks in advance. And I mean, like tonight we're recording, it's September 10th. And then we give ourselves a lot of time to edit it just in case we get busy or whatever. So this episode won't get released until the 21st. So, you know, we got 11 days to edit the episode and publish it. And I listen to the episodes after they're edited. Uh, you know, just in case I made a mistake with editing, because I've had times where something's out of sync. I think it sounds okay. I got a, you know, I left a cough in that I want to edit out later on. Um, or, you know, when I lined up the opening music, I didn't line up the dialogue properly. So there's a big gap of nothing, you know, so I always take a listen before I publish as well. Uh, you know, so we give ourselves about 10 or 11 days to do all that. And then, uh, depending on how quickly we can get the edit done, then I try and get it up early on patron zone for the patrons and, I mean, like this weekend here, I mean, like that's just it. If I try and do things without planning is when mistakes happen. This weekend I was in a rush to get the 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 cogenitor episode up on Patreon Zone early. I didn't have any of the summary written, but I accidentally called it um, similitude, similitude discussion. And I mean, like I know the difference between the two episodes. I just wasn't thinking when I was typing it. And because I didn't plan that out properly, I made a mistake. So we try and make sure that we, we limit those mistakes as much as we can. So uh, I hope that answers your question. But yeah, so sometimes we can have a, we can pick a discussion idea early and sometimes we know a couple of weeks in advance. It really depends on what we, what we do. And then as far as like getting ready to record, we'll watch the episodes, you know, or, or generally it's watching episodes or movies to prepare ourselves for the discussion. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. Who writes most of the summaries now? Uh, Brandy writes the summaries. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah, you did. And, and yeah, that's right. So I didn't want to wait for Brandy to write the summary. I wanted to get the episode out early this weekend. So I didn't, I also didn't write the summary. And because I just quickly wrote something, I mean, I accidentally wrote similitude. I mean, I took credit for me making the mistake. Oh, hey, it happens. Yeah. It's, it's not a big deal. It's just one yeah. of those things where you just, you know, everybody does it. Everybody yes. does it. So I, I certainly, I, I didn't see the mistake. I just only saw the aftermath. So <laughs> I didn't see either. Awesome. Um, <laughs> no, but also to add to that though, too, like um, Brandon and I have different styles of, of editing. Like Brandon likes, well, you've told me in the past, you like to sit and do like an hour now, an hour later and get a little bit done if you can. And I'm more of a Tuesday night. I sit down and I edit the whole podcast, mm-hmm. you know, which I, I've prefer. actually been doing more. I'll sit down and just edit the whole thing in one go. Yeah, um, I find that a little easier for me, but I know that doesn't work for everybody. Yeah. Um, 
for a while there, that's what I was doing is, is I would, I would like to get it out a week early. So I would actually, for an hour long podcast, I, w- I would actually edit 25% of the podcast in one sitting, come back the next day, do 25% more, come back the next day, do 25% more, and then finish it up on the fourth day. I was actually doing that for a while and that was working for me for a while. So yeah. You know, and so- I don't know. I think Brandon's quicker than I am, but I'm about three to one. So for every one minute of finished audio, it takes me about three. Mm-hmm. to edit you know that to answer his question a little more you know so so an edit takes me about th- a rough edit on this takes about three hours um i think you're down almost two right like, yeah i'm i i think i'm a little bit lower than that the uh the cogenitor episode was an hour and 45 and i think it took me three hours to edit oh nice yeah yeah so and it, it depends too because sometimes people are long-winded and don't have a lot of mistakes mm-hmm. so you can listen to a large chunk and get it out of the way um, yeah as far as like like Brandon said with the the beforehand, different episodes take a lot of different amounts of time. If we're just talking about one episode, we watch it once, maybe twice. If it's a like you said, if it's a um, commentary, then it's sometimes we don't even watch it. We just watch it while it's on because we remember it. And uh, and then other times when we do like the season reviews or whatever, we might we might watch like when me and Brandy were doing the character profiles, the character best moments, we would watch four or five episodes to get those moments for those characters and that that takes up a lot of time and you're like mm-hmm. sunday you're like oh i still have three episodes to go mm-hmm. to be fair i didn't watch the entire episodes i would fast forward every part that didn't include the character i was searching for <laughs> i yeah i i watched almost all of all the episodes well it depends on the episode like when we were doing travis moments i bait i sat down i'm like okay basically i'm watching this whole episode now so because it's just all travis moments (laughs) yeah they were oh man so brandy doesn't watch all of it some tim some of us take it more seriously than others i guess (laughs) oh shots fired (laughs) moving on to the next question uh justin hoser says what is your desert desert island episode of Enterprise that you would want to have if that was the only thing that you could watch? Extinction. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I would just drown watch myself it until really you quick. Like it. What? You're going to watch it until you like it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm going to force myself to enjoy that episode. Oh, that's a good question. I Anyone agree. have an answer? I have. I do. Yeah, yeah go, go ahead. Because I don't. The Andorian incident. It's my favorite episode of Enterprise. Of course, that's the one I'm going to pick. Okay, but would you want that to be the only one? Like, do you love it? I know you love it, but would you want to watch it until you probably didn't love it anymore? Uh, there's no way for me to watch it so much that I don't love it. What if we got you, like, a signed picture of Sh- of uh, Jeffrey Coombs as Shran? Would you like that? Well, first of all, it's Jeffrey Combs. And yes, not I would Canada, love that. Not in Canada, it's not. In Canada. <laughs> no, it's Combs. C O M B S Combs. I'm C-O. sorry. <laughs> I, so Brandon, I, just, I, I just feel it's respectful to pronounce people's names properly. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, so go back, Google Gallagher. He does a great skit about how Comb and Comb and Com, whatever. Comb, Bob, go back and, Tomb. Yeah. Yes. They all don't sound the same and he spells them. It's awesome. Um, so, Brandon, what's your favorite episode? I have to say that if I had to pick a desert island one, I would probably have to go with I, like it would definitely be a choice between uh, future tense and uh, what's the what's the one for uh, observer effect from season four, right? With the uh, the Oregonians, you know, like. But I think I'd probably, I think I'm ready to say observer effect, observer effect. 
Fair I'm ready. To, I'm ready to go there. I swear you to... said Oregonians. Are or, they from no. Oregon or are they made of oregano? <laughs> Both. Oregonians. <laughs> They're just paper. So, okay, I, I honestly... The I, Orgasmians. I have... Oh, no, no. Oh, now no. he's been bleeped. <laughs> so, a bad word. So, I, I, I can't... I don't know. Um, I, I should have seen this question earlier so I can think about it, but it would definitely be a season three episode. I just don't... I'm not prepared to tell you which one. See, Tim, some of us are take this seriously and prepared. Yeah, some doing, some don't. I'm sorry, Tim. But that that wasn't Tim's question. That was Justin's. Jeez, Justin. Oh, my god. <laughs> so, Justin, sorry. Some of us take this seriously. I, yes, some of yes. Us but Tim was the one who was asking the preparation question. Oh, my but, goodness. You're confusing me. But see, <laughs> see, Brandon has these questions in front of him, and I remembered it was you, Justin. <laughs> wow. This has got to be the most contentious episode of four five. Ever. We haven't been we haven't been together in a while. If it only we could see the video though, that like my my head's ready to split open. My smile is so large. Like we're having fun doing. This. We are having fun, we guys. Having fun. We're having a yes. great time. Don't don't be so, fooled. Yeah, I'm, I'm, see, I'm trying to remember when we did our season, our best episode of each season. What my episode, season three episode was? Now I think I you said remember. damage, didn't you? Did I say damage? I think I did. That's good. I'll yeah. go with that. I'm glad I could choose for you. <laughs> Whatever. Look, as long as it's not Fraggle Rock, I'll watch any episode for the rest of my life. Really? Even These Are the Voyages? Even These Are the Voyages because I fixed it in my head. Okay, fair enough. So now I can watch that episode again. So you can actually just click your head cannon on when something right. happens you don't Forever. like. Forever. Fantastic. I want that ability. That sounds like a great mutant power. I fixed that episode so I can even watch that. As long as it's not Fraggle Rock, you can set me on that desert island with any episode and we're good. So we'll go with damage to answer the question for 500, please. Tim Hans wants to know if the mystery of Future Man will ever be revealed. No. Mm -mm. The show's been canceled. Not to us. It'll be revealed to Future Man. Yes. Okay, and last but not least, Janet Lee has three questions here. Uh, so the first thing she said specifically, Brandon, have you read any stories from the Decon Chamber section of Triaxian Silk? No, I haven't because I don't read any fan stories. Um, I know that there's some good ones out there, but I just don't have the time to check any of them out right now because I'm busy watching. Uh, I'm busy watching like crazy amounts of Star Trek and and whatnot, and yeah. my Halloween podcasts and whatnot. Some year I might get to them, but. Please but, reference uh, Tim Hans' question. But uh, no, that's not that's not lack of preparation. I'm just no. I don't it's have it's the fact that we have that much preparation. You can't. Read oh that. yes, so I see what you're saying. Yes, he was now, saying I, something I, nice. See, I wasn't even insulting you that time. I just assume you're insulting me. <laughs> it's just look. My, it's because he's lazy. He reads Cliff Notes of movies and episodes, and he does podcasts. <laughs> um, and I read too much books for. Uh, literary treks because i'm reading along every time every book they read i'm reading along with them so i read a, i do read a lot of trek novels as well so um i know that janet i believe that you are a big reader of the uh fan stuff and you've tried to show me like because my you know my opinion has been influenced a lot of them i assume are just like you know erotic fan stories is what i'm assuming most of them are and you've you've showed me many times that they're not and you've tried to introduce me to some other ones and i do appreciate that so thanks very much um now, the next question she says is, did you guys get a chance to read the article from Trekkie Feminist that she yes, posted? Yes, I did read okay, it. Okay, good. So Trekkie Feminist is Jero Hodge. Now, 
she used to be on the network with women at warp. Uh, they're no longer there, but, uh, they still have their show. They're still around. Janet asks us, what do we think of this article on horizon? Specifically, uh, the author's point on trip and Archer being not nice to T'Pol edited for content, uh, which very few people call them out on and something I'm guilty of. So I'm assuming Janet says that she's guilty of, of, uh, not calling out trip and, uh, trip and Archer talking to T'Pol as well. Now, I'm going to have to move my mic here because the, uh, I don't have my glasses on and the, and the stuff on the screen is a little small, but I did read this and I, a lot of the stuff that they deal with in this episode, I think we called out during our commentary and our other discussions, right? You know, on how they talk to her and invite her out on this date. I mean, like we talked about it too, like, you know, Jer's comments in this article are like, what really he asked her on a date and I'm like we did the same thing we're like what this is awkward this is weird and wrong. you know so yeah it's just it seems odd I understand what they were trying to do but it didn't quite work um you, you know, know so that could have worked in the 60s but in the early 2000s nah, nah yes doesn't work right and then uh so one of the things that I did want to address is uh the the part near the end where they're talking about the film and, you know, they, so Jarrah posts in the article here, she talks about the, uh, the, uh, dis, the dialogue at the dinner table. And Jarrah says, she suggests showing the film to Ambassador Saval because it might help Vulcans who've recently arrived on Earth understand humans. She's probably at least partly trying to get Archer, uh, she's probably at least partly trying to get at Archer and Trip, as in teasing them and whatnot. She's got to know they'd be defensive about that, but it's also a legitimate perspective. And they did ask her repeatedly what she thought of the movie, uh, that she really didn't even want to see. So their response, and, Arch, and then she quotes Archer's, maybe inviting her movie night was not such a great idea. And then Jarek continues on, yeah, because dismissing everything someone says and talking about them in the third person while they're in the room with you is exactly the way to show that you're tolerant of differences. Blurg. Um, I mean, I agree. I mean, like, they're... While I don't think... I don't interpret it that way, I do believe they are defensive about it because they didn't respond to the movie the way that they respond to the movie. But... Again, we address this too. We didn't respond to the movie the way that they're responding to the movie, and we can totally see T'Pol's point of view on it. So, you know, like, yeah, I don't know. I I agree with a lot of Jer's points in this, and, uh, you know, I mean, as far as, you know, Women at Warp goes, Jer's one of the Women at Warp hosts. I still listen to Women at Warp every week, every other week, because they're a bi-weekly podcast. I don't agree with a lot of what they say, but I listen and I listen because I want to see what other points of view people have. And, you know, they generally have very different points of view than I do. Uh, but, you know, I do find myself, you know, fairly frequently agreeing with Jera and her opinions. So, uh, I, for the most part, I agree with this article that we read from, from Jera. So, uh, yeah. if you want to find the, the, the thread where this article is, you can go to where we posted asking the questions for tonight if you want to read the article. And, and you guys can respond. Did you guys have anything else you wanted to say? No, I mean I agree with you. I think I think if you if you go back to and I don't remember the episode number now, but if you go back to when we talked about the episode and when we talked about uh, the movie itself, it it basically mirrors those sentiments. Um, I, I have to be honest that at the end when when Archer says that, thinking about it now after hearing that, yeah, that was probably the wrong answer. But I don't think it was said in malice. Like he wasn't serious about her not being there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I see the point. I see the why that's not really the right thing to say. Yeah, uh, in that situation. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I, I took it as him busting her chops a little more at that moment. 
But every but everything leading up to that, like they didn't they didn't understand her point though either at all. Like they just didn't get it because they don't see it that way. But but like you said, we did. We we saw it as as, as exactly the way she saw it. Yeah. Yeah, which we, I don't know, maybe we're influenced by T'Pol, but Brandy, did you have anything else you want to add? Well, I do strongly agree with her point of how uh, Tripp says that uh, Frankenstein was originally a novel written by Mary Shelley, who was the wife of a famous poet. Yes. Why does that have to be the qualification? Excuse me? She's one of the earliest science fiction gothic horror writers, and that's how you talk about her now? Mm, mm-hmm. That smacks of casual sexism. Yeah, and I, I've I've read that as well, and that is an article that doesn't ring, or sorry, uh, a comment that doesn't ring true when you listen to it. Now you're like, I don't understand why people bring that up because I don't know her as the wife of a poet. I know her as the author of Frankenstein. You know, like yeah. that's how I know her. I don't know, like uh, I believe when she originally published it, she had to publish under the pseudonym of a man. I might be wrong. No, on that. she published it anonymously. It was okay. Frankenstein by anonymous. Yeah. Because no one would read it if it was written by a woman. Yeah, and I mean, but that was also in the middle of the 1800s. Exactly. Right. right? A little, little archaic. Mm-hmm. You know, times <laughs> were a little different then. But I agree with that. Like, why would Tripp say that? Well, I I sum that up to, at what point do we differentiate the character and the writing? You know, like, because that does, I don't know that that comment No, I understand. I'm not, I'm not criticizing Tripp specifically because... Uh, Connor Trenier is an an actor reciting lines, but to to describe Mary Mary Shelley as such, whereas, can anyone name a Percy by Shelley poem? Who? Her husband. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, she was married? Oh, that was his name? Yes. (laughs) No, because I didn't even know that was his name. There you go. So, no, point well taken. Um, But I I think we knew that anyway. (laughs) Yeah. It's just, it's, and it did bother me when he said that in the initial episode, the first time I watched the episode. I'm just like, really? You're just, you're going to talk about who she was married to? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, especially like, like you said, like that would have, nobody would have blinked an eye in TOS, but by... By the time that this episode's airing, it doesn't even make sense that they would think to write it that way. Yeah. Unless, like, you go to Wikipedia and it still says that there for some reason. And then they were just well, so? copying and pasting, I guess. But Have a brain. I, just think no, about it, maybe. No, I don't know. No, just a thought. Silly me. Oh, come on. Oh, I know. Women having thoughts. We can't have that. No, I, no, I said the writers couldn't. I know that. <laughs> I, I wasn't saying you were saying that. I'm just... Um, oh, but, golly. Uh, watch, watch the hate mail I get now. No, um, I that, that's I wasn't attacking any, any of you guys. It was just <laughs> no, yeah. It's just it's weird. Their, their choices was very. very there were some weird. weird choices in this, yes, and yeah, and it it, it it didn't happen too much, but it did. I it does happen throughout the series a little bit. Where you're like, huh, that's kind of written like Kirk was saying it instead, you know, and <laughs> like, I don't really understand why, huh? But, but I don't know. I, I guess they were trying to appease two separate groups at one time. Yeah. Well, again, listening to women at Warp and the way they've addressed it as well with Kirk and them, um, you know, they they crack points all the time where Kirk is basically an ally to women, and it's Spock who's the sexist one. Like, if you go back and listen to all the comments, it's Spock making all the sexist comments, you know, and it's Kirk who's always the one that seems to be fighting for women's rights, but people just have this image of Kirk sleeping around with women and whatnot. They assume that he doesn't Tons like women. Tons of green women. women. 
you know, and I mean, like, even there, that didn't happen that many times in episodes. No. And there's a whole bunch of people who are out there that are saying, look, every time he's done that kind of thing, it's been an advancement of protecting his crew, you know, for the most part. So, you know, like, I, I listen to Women at Warp every week, or, well, every other week, sorry. Every time Start they produce. Here. Every time publish. they produce. I've listened yeah. to every episode. So, you know, so uh, to be fair, I don't know TOS as well as I should, so I just threw Kirk's name out there, but I was just trying to reference the era. Yeah, no, yeah. It's, it's true. Not but him I, personally. But, but I agree. I mean, if you go back and you watch actually all of the TOS episodes, you will not see Kirk, you know, getting it on as much as you're no, led it happened to believe. Like, like, I don't know. I read, I read a stat. It was like seven or 12 times or something through the whole. Which is more than me. That's more than me. Ooh, of course. Yes. But, but yeah. unless you're counting it all with the same person. Yeah. Which yes. you should. It still might you're be married. more. Still might Which be still more. Which is still more than me. Ooh. <laughs> Even if you count each individual. <laughs> wow, this should be cut. Um anyway, point point being is yeah, but they, they I mean, look, we've talked about this on other podcasts and we they've always added in things go into the lore of Star Trek that never really happened. Beat me up, Scotty. Right. It, ha- it, it was said once. Nope. Yeah, it was in a book. Yeah. Uh, which is not canon. Uh, who cares? Yes, Ashes I, of Eden. I, I, it was said and I love once. it because Judith and Garfield Stevens wrote the line, and then Kirk gave a command that he had never given before. Yes. Beam me up, Scotty. Right. So it was said once. Right. But he didn't say but, it. It's in a book. Or, or <laughs> he's dead, Jim. He actually doesn't say it that much. Yeah. Uh, he'll say he's dead. Or Jim. He's or dead. Jim, right, and he has said I think, Jim. I think one or two times he actually said he's dead, Jim, in all of yeah, the three I mean, seasons. Look, we do that with everything because everyone yeah. hears Luke, I'm not, I am your father, but that never happened. He says, "No, I am your father." Correct. Mm-hmm. That's everyone not just adds true. in Luke in there. So, That's right. impossible. It's not. It's not just Star Trek. It's anything with a big following. It all gets screwy. And I'm the annoying person that always corrects people. So am I now. I've been around you too long. Uh-huh. <laughs> I brought another into the fold. <laughs> you guys are maniacs. Okay, let's get to our last question here from Janet. Um, so this is the first part of it. She said, see, there's a there was a three-year-old thread on Trip and Paul that she brought back from the dead. Now, the, the thread itself talked about how they think that the relationship between Trip and Paul is similar to Pocahontas and uh john smith and i read the thread and it's interesting when you read it like i'm reading this thing and it's like there's people that are getting frustrated but i'm not reading them as getting frustrated i'm just reading the points right because i wasn't involved in the conversation many years ago right um but i gotta ask a question on something janet said f-o-m-o can you tell me what this means fear of missing out fear of missing out nightmare okay i didn't know what that meant fear of missing out so she says, stumbling on an interesting thread where people who made standout points left this group. Uh, I think Akaku Beeman was sort of getting at it, uh, but to put it more explicitly, T'Pol from the Vulcan perspective is one is the one going native, uh, as can't believe that the original poster's friend didn't think of this. By leaving the High Command to fight the Zindi with the humans, she plays a similar role to the white male leads of the last samurai in Avatar. Making her look more native with a normal Starfleet uniform would have been nice. Um, also, Jarrah Hodge's point of Trip uh, not trying to meet T'Pol halfway in Bound, which is when he gets T'Pol to say she loved him, uh, would have been very controversial in some communities. Most people think Trip was 100% justified in making her sweat because she had hurt him. And then what do we think about that? Did Paul deserve that? Uh, now, with the thread itself, I'm not really one to 
talk on it. Like I, I, I see these comments and I don't necessarily agree with them, but I see other people's points of view on it. And it does give me like, this is why I listen to women at warp is, is it gives me knowledge for what other people are talking about. And I can, and I, it gives me a way to listen to other people's points of view and then think about them. And you know, while I don't always agree with them, maybe I don't agree with them because I'm a white dude. I don't know, but I, I don't see the Pocahontas tie-in here. I see what they're saying, and I see how you can interpret it that way. I just don't interpret it that way, you know. Sure. And while I see what Janet's saying, where it, it's almost more like T'Pol is the John Smith character by joining the natives, quote unquote, the Earth people on it. Again, I don't really see it that way either. But that's me. I mean, you know, like you look at. Maybe I just don't look at it that way, but even with people who have so much troubles with Code of Honor, you know, like, I just, I don't look at it that way, and even if you go back and listen to the Mission Log uh, review of it, they're like, look, if you just talk about the episode, the episode's fine, right? The whole story for Code of Honor is fine, it's just when you, when you watch it, it's terrible racist, and I'm like, well, so when I watch it, I don't look at it that way, I just look at it for the story, so it's not an episode that's ever bothered me, because I'm just looking at it for the story that's being told to me. And so that's how I do take a lot of my Star Trek is a lot of it is just what's the story being told to me. And so well, I've tried to think about this over the last day or two since I've seen these comments. And that's my answer. As far as oh, do you guys want to address the Pocahontas John Smith and then we'll talk about the bound. Do you have anything to add? Um, I didn't read any of that thread. So that's OK. This. It was a long there was a lot of stuff. Yeah. yeah there, so right? take this with a grain of salt. But I just hearing you talk about it now, I just don't see it. Yeah. There's a lot in the article, and there's a lot of people, you know, there's a lot of people who uh, who talk about this stuff, and they... they, they, they... Now, quick question, though. Are, when they talk Pocahontas, are they talking what really happened to Pocahontas, like the real story? Or are they talking the nonsense fictional version we get, and I'm sorry, Disney, I love you, but from Disney? Uh, I think they're talking not, about the fictional. But, yeah, it's not just Disney, by the way, because they actually got that story from elsewhere. But right. that's the one they pushed. So they're talking the fictional one where she, John Smith comes, takes her, and she falls in love. Like, that's that's the version they're talking about? Yeah, so they're like, the challenge was, isn't this something similar to Pocahontas and Captain Smith about the relationship? Trip the Western man seducing abs being seduced by the Eastern foreign beauty. Wonder what you uh, thought about this. That was the original post. I... I mean, I get no because yeah. there's just there's too many different there's too many stories first off that are like that to begin with. All right, so it could be any one of those stories, but I don't know. It, there's just there's too many other factors that would never lead me to believe Pocahontas. Brandy, did you have anything to add? Uh, I don't get that either. I can understand why people might make that connection, but honestly, I think that's reaching really far yeah like it's a lot of like suspended disbelief and mm -hmm. and 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 leaps of of trust yeah mm -hmm. it's it's a bit seeing what you want to see instead of what's actually given but we all do that we all do that all the time and there's nothing wrong with that i personally don't I, pocahontas would never have entered my mind in a bazillion years in regards to that relationship so yeah, yeah and and I don't even see it being the reverse way either. No. No. Like that she's Johnson. No. He came to kill them. He fell in love. It doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. Did did he really fall in love or did he just decide I am going to ruin this uh, tribal princess 
for well, real version. <laughs> wait, real version or Disney version again? Yeah, exactly. Because I, I'm more Disney of... version. Yes, he fell in love, but that's friggin' Disney. Yeah, but in real life, not so much. In real life, she was a slave who was paraded around. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that was totally. That's why I, I made the distinction too. Because if you're talking real version, there's nothing remotely Mm-mm. Pocahontas about this story. Nope. Because and and. and, and she willingly went, not because, I, I know people say Pocahontas willingly went in the movie, I guess they'll say, but it's to, it's just too far different for me. Mm-hmm. She wanted to be part of that crew in that mission in season three and not go back. Right. Legit. Not because she found some fake love or something. No. It, it had nothing to do with her feelings for Trip and everything to do with the trust and camaraderie that she had found with most the human crew. Yeah. And Archer. So like, you could almost make the argument more for Archer doing mm. it. I, I mean, it wasn't a romantic relationship at that point. There were parts where it like, looked like it was heading that way. but um, but that So you could actually make more of an argument for him being the John Smith mm-hmm. in this. But again, that's, he didn't want her to stay. He didn't force her to stay or try and convince her to stay. No. She resigned her commission behind his back. Mm-hmm. And then told him. Right. Correct. And she could have easily gone back and just continued her career. I mean, it's, I don't know. It's totally different. And not to mention, remember, in Pocahontas, the the whites and the natives are basically at war. Mm-hmm. The, the This would be more Pocahontas if it was a Zindi that comes aboard the ship. So I'll just I'll expand on here that there is more in the thread where they're talking about things like the last samurai and stuff and where, you know, you get this instance of, like, I guess the white person joining the side of the natives and fighting with them is is more I think what Janet is saying in her comment here. Um again I haven't seen I haven't seen Last Samurai in 15 yeah, years no, so but I don't again the, the problem is that's always someone on the other side joining and fighting with you, right? So Tupol was never on the other side. She wasn't well, the, she... on the Zindi side, so Right, they no they sense. were just bad allies, but they were always allies. Yeah. Yeah. I hope we've answered that question for you, Janet. So we've done the best we can there. We hope we got your question answered. Um, as for as for uh, Trip making Tapal feel bad and bound, I never liked that myself because I knew how Trip felt about Tapal and I knew how Tapal felt about Trip. And I mean, like she's a Vulcan, you know, like and Vulcans they don't they try not to express their emotions. I understand Tapal's gone through a lot with the trellium addiction. Uh, I never liked that scene, and that scene has always made me feel uncomfortable when he makes her say that. But that's that's me and that's my interpretation of it. I didn't I don't like when he does that to her. Okay, can I don't remember this episode so much, but I think I remember this scene. Can someone describe this so I can make sure I'm thinking of this right? So they're in the hallway and they because there, I, if I remember correctly, it's been a while since we, we watched Bound. We did the commentary for it. it. was the last time I watched it. I think that was like a year ago now that we did the commentary for it. Um, they're talking in the hallway, and Trip is doing everything he can to get to Paul to say that she loves him. Right? If I remember correctly. Am I right? I think so. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to check your work. Just give me It's a about... Yeah, okay. So Brandy's checking it while I'm talking. And, I mean, this had to do with him not being affected emotionally and her not being affected emotionally by the uh, Orion slave girls that were on the ship and their pheromones. Neither of them were affected because of their bond. Right? So he he was trying to say that because she wasn't affected in the same way as the other people that she loved him and she didn't want to admit that. So 
Yeah. No, that's not what the scene I was thinking of, but... Um, all right. I, I, I really... Sorry, Janet. I don't really know the scene well enough, I so... I can't give a fair assessment on whether I did or did not like that scene. I don't even think I was on the. You weren't. You weren't on the podcast because that was back when I was doing it with Floyd. Right. Yeah. So I, I probably haven't seen this episode in even longer. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah. So I don't know. Sorry, uh, Brandy. How would you feel about it? Did you have a feeling about it? Well, I um. Uh... I see that that scene differently <laughs> because especially rereading this, uh, basically Tucker's already ex- upset with T'Pol because she has become extremely cold and, uh, you know, not personal towards him at all. And that's why he transfers uh, to the Columbia because <laughs> he just, he, it hurts him so much to just be around her and have her acting indifferent towards him. And uh, he comes back to Enterprise for this particular episode. And the conversation they have when they're in the corridor is before he's going back to the Columbia. And he asks her uh, if she wants him to stay for personal reasons. And she says she doesn't understand. And he gets angry. And uh, then she pursues him as he walks away and says that she does want him to come back. And he says he'll think about it and walks away again. And then she grabs him and kisses him. And then he agrees to stay and reveals that he had already asked for a transfer back to the Enterprise three days ago. Oh, I do remember this now. Yeah. Okay, with that description, I remember this. Um, Go ahead, finish. I'm sorry. I'll cut in afterwards. (laughs) I do not like the way he handled that. That was mean. And it was underhanded. So just using that to get her to admit she had feelings for him is just, it's not okay. It's manipulative and it's, it's, their relationship should be based on mutual trust. And he broke that in my opinion. So I, I, yeah, I I agree. I never liked that scene either. I agree with what you're saying there, Brandy, that it doesn't work for me. And I mean, it's, it's writing. It's not the relationship that I want them to have. And it's. Bound isn't the best episode in the series, you know, like, so, you know, I take stuff in that with a, with a grain of salt and whatnot, but Mm -hmm. yeah, I, I didn't like that. I don't, I don't like that. That episode makes me feel uncomfortable. That part of the episode makes me feel uncomfortable, uh, is what I meant to say. And yeah, I don't like that he does that to her. So, okay. I, now that I remembered what episode it was and what scene it was, uh, I'll say this. I'm not a fan of treating people that way, although I do understand in a hurtful moment, acting out of character. And I do think this is out of character for Trip, anyway. Mm. But I understand, while I would rather it not be there, I understand what they were doing with the scene. If any of that makes any sense to anybody. I, I, so, so I'm not on board with it. I'm not happy about it. I've said like things it. that I wish I didn't say. I mean, like, and I don't like when I say those things sometimes, you know. I mean, he said it. It's a part of it. I don't like that he says it, but, you know. Yeah. Well, think the thing he said. The problem is, is he said it with absolutely no risk whatsoever. He did it just to dig at her. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I don't like it. I'm not. Yeah. No, I know. I don't want to make it out that I'm cool with it happening, but I understand why it happened. 
Yeah, and I can to a degree, but at the same time, this is supposed to be a more idyllic future, and humans are supposed to be better at this point, and not yeah. do petty stuff like that. But we but, also say the author of a famous poet, the <laughs> wife of a famous poet. So, you know. Right. There's lots that they shouldn't be doing. Yeah. I mean, it, am I upset that they wrote it? No. I mean, I just don't like that he did it. I mean, you know, I, I don't like that Shran is torturing Saval in that one episode, but I believe it's within his character that he did it. I still don't like that he did it because I like Saval. You know, I don't want to see Saval. And uh, Saval. And I like Shran. I don't want to see that happen. But, I mean, it's something that they wrote. I mean, there's there's lots of great times when character development happens and you don't have to like what the character does, you know, so. True. Yeah, and I think because it only happens this once with Trip, I can, for the character, obviously, again, when we talk about characters, it's characters, not actors. Right. But for the character, I can look past it as, well, that was a weak moment for him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he acted out of character, which people do. I act out of character. Uh, just go ask my foreman. Um, <laughs> maybe that was in character, but whatever. Um, you know. But so I can forgive it. Is that does that make sense? Yes. No. I can. I totally get that. Okay. Yeah. I just. <laughs> I'm just the kind of person now that I feel that communicating and being honest is always going to be the best policy, and the only time that I ever don't say what I mean is I'm protecting someone's feelings. Like I hear you. I absolutely I uh, yeah. hear you. And, so it's, um, it's I'm also not in a relationship with Trip, so I don't it doesn't yeah, matter exactly. if I forgive him. So, so it's just you know, that's just how I view things like that. It's just like, no, that's the wrong choice. Just like when I see all of these things happen in sitcoms or comedy movies or whatever, that it's, you know, increasing the drama of the plot because there was a miscommunication, and it just makes me want to tear my hair out. Oh, like, I know. Really? I hate those plot points so much. Hate, 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 hate them. So, yeah. but that's that's just me. That's how I react. Yeah, to no, those. I, I hear you. Like I said, if my wife had done this, we're probably not married right now. But I'm not in a relationship <laughs> with Trip, so I can forgive him for doing it. <laughs> exactly. It's a lot easier. I'm just trying to have a, a synthol hall with the guy. Well, actually, then they had beer. Yeah, so. he just really wanted a kiss. That was his thing. Yeah, I mean. <sighs> I don't know. I guess it's hard. You can't just ask a Vulcan for one, right? No, you can't. Well, you can. Well, you could. Well, yeah, he asked actually. seven for one. And so, Harry asked seven for one, and she's like, so you want to copulate? Right? <laughs> well, she's but she not wasn't Vulcan. a Vulcan. <laughs> she's a Borg. It's the same thing. No. Oh, man. No, 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 Watch no, the no, hate no, mail no. fly your way. No, 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 no. No, so Borgs, much. Vulcan, Cardassian, what's the difference? The point is, he was pissed. He wanted to kiss. He wasn't getting it from asking. What he did was wrong. But he got his kiss. There you go. I, I couldn't figure the last line I was going to use there, but he got his kiss. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. Excellent. Right on. Well, thank you, everybody, for your questions. Uh, this was a lot of fun. I hope we, we did our best to answer uh, all of the questions there. There's a few little stragglers that we didn't get to. But, uh, I, Janet, I hope we answered your questions. Thank you for submitting them. Uh, thank you for being a loyal listener to the show. Everybody, uh, you guys listen, and we really appreciate it. We know that we have more than 10 listeners. I mean, with the with you guys, we've got at least 15. At you least. know, So that's great. You know, I love it. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, excellent. Right on. Well, uh, talking about Pocahontas is not the only thing we've been discussing this week here on the network. So take a listen to this clip and see what else you may have missed elsewhere on Trek FM while you were too busy kissing Trip. Previously on Trek.FM. To the journey! 
I love that Barkley says he's lost himself in Voyager because I have been there, man. Haven't we all, Reg? Haven't we all? It hits a little close to home. It does. I'm a little bit like Barkley in some ways. I, you know, I have just a little bit of paranoia to me. Awkward? No, a little paranoid. No, I don't think I'm awkward. No. Okay, maybe a, <laughs> maybe a little bit. <laughs> well, you said you're like Barkley. Awkward. Give me a glass of wine and I'm fine. Okay. <laughs> Sent the hall. Excuse me. Sent the hall. The 602 Club. Well, and I think that uh, there's even, you know, a, a kernel of that conversation uh, reflected in when he is on uh, the, the airship with his dad. And it's very interesting because Indy gives, you know, they give the, the two versions of the story where, you know, you were distant, you didn't hang out with me, you didn't do these things, I didn't have a normal dad like every other kid. And then you hear, uh, you know, Henry Jones Sr. say, I never told you to wash behind your ears. I never checked up on your homework. I gave you all of the freedom and independence that you wanted. And if you were to ask any kid, they'd say that's what they wanted. And then you find out, to speak to the point about fact and truth, that that's not necessarily what you want. You want involvement. You want connection. You want to be together. You want to be part of your family unit. And you want it to be cohesive. I mean, you know, at a, at a baseline, that's what everybody wants. Earl Grey. And especially, like, toward the end, when it's like, Jean-Luc, what are you and I doing just, like, voyaging around the galaxy by ourselves on this ship? <laughs> like, it makes perfect sense to you, but it makes no sense to me, yeah. right? Just the two of us, like, on this giant ship. <laughs> well, like, when wow. it was just a small skeletal crew, you know, and she's still questioning, he's like, why do we have all of these rooms and quarters? And, and then Data just nonchalantly, well, we have... You know, we need uh, evacuation and we take diplomats around. Yeah. It. And like he's listing it like, well, duh, this is why we have it. And Picard's like, that'll be enough data. Warp five. Well, you remember it was like when it was 42. You weren't very reasonable then, were you? Uh, no, I was not. Exactly. I was absolutely not. I was yelling at a tree in my backyard. It was not a pretty sight. <laughs> all I know is all I know, big men in heat is not a good idea. Oh, that sounds like a great band. <laughs> and that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. So check out all these shows and join the conversation about your favorite corner of the Star Trek universe and beyond. You'll find us wherever you get your podcasts. If you're an Apple user, please be sure to hit the subscribe button at Apple Podcasts on iPhone, iPad, or Apple TV, or on the desktop iTunes app to get the latest episodes as soon as they are published. And please leave us a star rating and a written review. If you're not an Apple user, we've got you covered as well. You can find our shows on Google Play Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spreaker, SoundCloud, Windows Phone, and in most third-party apps. And you can stream and download the MP3 file from our website or grab the RSS link as well. We'd love to hear your thoughts on today's show, and there are many ways for you to do that. The best place to join the larger conversation is the Babel Conference, our listeners group on Facebook. Just type Babel, B-A-B-E-L, into the search field on Facebook, and it should come right up. If you'd like to send us email, you can use the form on our website at trek.fm slash contact. Choose to send to a show and select Warp 5. That will come right to us. You can also find the network on Twitter at trek.fm and on Facebook at facebook.com slash trek.fm. So, Brandon, when you're not pretending to be transferred off of this show onto Melodic Treks just to get a hug out of me, where can people find you? 
Well, you can find me on Twitter at Brandon Matella. You can find me here on the network on Melodic Treks, which is all about music. Uh, you can find me on the Talk Film Society, where my friends Zach and I are doing a 11-part retrospective on the Halloween films. Uh, you can find me over on the Fandom Podcast Network with my friends Chris and Tom as we talk about Alfred Hitchcock films in Good Evening, an Alfred Hitchcock podcast. And uh, coming soon, I just did it tonight, actually. I recorded my second episode of Breaking the Waves for Cinematic Sound Radio. And that episode coming up is going to be on four different scores by Tangerine Dream. Ooh. So be sure to check that one out. I love Tangerine Dream's music. So do I. So Nice. That'll be a fun, uh, fun little podcast. I do the scores for uh, Sorcerer, Wavelength, Firestarter, and Thief. It's almost a theme week because my husband and I were talking about Firestarter this morning. Mm. Nice. Crazy. Firestarter's not bad. I'm wondering, okay, when's the last time you saw Firestarter? I want to show it to Aubrey. Do you think she's eight? Is that too mature for her? I've never seen it. Oh, it's it's okay. I just haven't seen it in a really long time. Yeah, that's Anyways, what we're not talking about. Saying, so. <laughs> we're not talking about Firestarter here tonight. Oh, um, yes, so those are my things. Uh, Brandy, where can people find you when you're not uh, relaxing after your visit to Salt Lake Comic Con? <laughs> Nowhere, because I'm always going to be relaxing for the rest of my life. No, that's not true. Uh, you'll find me on Twitter at Brandywine12, Brandy with an I, number 12. Uh, you can find me popping up once in a while in the Babel Conference. You will hear me from time to time on other shows on Trek FM, such as the 602 Club and Literary Treks every now and again. I even did an episode of Primitive Culture, guys, making the rounds from time to time. And I do a podcast with my wonderful husband, Dave, called The Dark Corner Podcast. And uh, we just recently, as of this recording, put out our Comic-Con wrap-up. So we we basically recorded at the beginning and the end of every day as we were driving to and from the convention. So you will hear a lot of stuff. And you can find that on darkcornerpodcast.com. So, Patrick. And, can I do Patrick? <laughs> like, can I do Patrick? Oh, go ahead. Patrick, where can people find you when you're not cosplaying as Grandmother Willow and singing Colors of the Wind? <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, nowhere, but I will do these other things while I'm doing that. So you can find me hanging out with my buddy Amy over at the Edge on this network. You can also find me on Twitter at MagicDrop5. It's one word. The five is a digit, not a word. Um, but there are no spaces. And you can find me uh, popping up in the Babel Conference from time to time. And now that I'm off vacation, I will actually start popping up there again for the next, like, four weeks and then disappear again. That's it. That's it? Okay. I was just making sure. I was just singing Colors of the Wind in my head while you were doing that. I didn't listen to any of it. Horses and the moon fly blue. Oh, for heaven's the sake, you know I'm going to have to sing it right more, now. More, what is have you, you ever heard the wolf cry to a blue corn moon? Or ask a grinning bobcat why he grins? No, he bit me. Can you sing with all the voices of the mountains? Can you paint with all the colors of the wind? Sorry. All so, right. I'll so stop to be now. fair, I'm big like a mountain, and I sing terrible like a mountain probably does. So I could probably pull that part off. All right. Good for you. You can sing with all the voices of the mountain. Yeah, they're terrible, all of them. Or as we like to say here in Utah, mountain. <clears throat> mountain. And you give me trouble for Salt Lake. Yeah, I do. Major. Because it's lake. 
It's a lake. A lake and a lake are two different things. All right. I could go somewhere with that one. Let's, let's get on with Jason. Let's, let's just not. So, but I will this go on. It's a family show. I will go on with how you can keep all of our shows coming to you each week. Do you know how to do that? You can become a patron of the network on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash trekfm. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash trekfm. And you'll get all the details there. You can get perks. Perks are good. They include early access to episodes and exclusive content, producer credits, and more. And it's available through our special patrons website, Patron Zone. It requires so much money to produce, host, and distribute these shows each month. And we really appreciate any support you can give us. We hope you'll join the team. Again, you'll find all the details at patreon.com slash trekfm. At this time, we would like to thank our associate producers, they are Norman C. Lau, Floyd Dorsey, Mike Morrison. I don't know why I'm actually moving my arms like a robot. <laughs> Tim I don't even know why you're doing a robot. That had nothing to do with this episode. <laughs> Justin Ozer, Mark Flessa, Chris Jabuzio, and Jim McMahon. Thank you. Actually, you kind of sound like a male computer in TOS. Working. I do. <laughs> Working. <laughs> or the exact opposite of Fembot from... Uh... From I'll, Futurama. I'll, oh, from Futurama, right. Okay. Yeah, sure. <laughs> oh, boy. Two boys, I tell you. Oh, I, yeah. Well, I guess that's it. So... Yeah, no. D- yeah. We, no. We have yeah, a last no, part, yeah. but yeah. No. Oh, we got plenty to talk about. Let's go again. Okay. Um, I'll just um, not go to work tomorrow. Welcome, Bloomers, to another episode of... <laughs> no. 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 We're done. That's I gotta go to bed. All right, do the last part then. Keep the calm host. and boom on. Keep calm and boom on. Boom on. Boom on. Somebody uh, reboot Brandon. him. <laughs> so <laughs> his needle <laughs> skips. <laughs> Someone hit him because that fixes every computer. <laughs> So I had my first unsolicited, like, whatever, I don't know what, the other day. So somebody friended me on Facebook. I don't know who it is. But, I like, whatever I – if I don't know who the person is, I always see how many mutual friends we have, right? Right. Same right. Um, anyway, so I added this person. Here, I'll, I'll look for the conversation. And uh, we had a mutual friend of who's on the network mm-hmm. and somebody else. I'm like, okay, so this person must know me from podcasting, right? So anyway, so this person messaged me and let's see if you find it. So she's like, she first she waves. So it's like waving at you, tap to wave back. I hate it, that. Me too. I, I, I like the old poke better. I, I don't poke and I don't wave. I don't poke and I don't wave. So then it's just says, hi, Brandon. And then she puts a blushy smiley face, like the kind of sad smiley with the eyes closed, like you're being shy and then another one and i'm like hello and she's like my name's and then sends me like a, a gif of a puppy dog and it says you're cute <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So, I mean, like, it's not unsolicited dick pics or anything like that. No, Lucky not, not you. That <laughs> no, I get, I'm the one that gets those. I, hey, I got, I got a marriage proposal once. Did you? Yeah, I showed it to you. Was she blind? <laughs> I could have said oh that when God. you said she said you were cute, and I left it alone, and I shouldn't have. I, I should have jumped all over that. Yep. Anyways. <laughs> And then I said, just I'm almost done here. I just I said I accepted the all that I said was I, I accepted the friend request due to us having a mutual friend of do you know me through podcasting? She's like, no, sorry, and like we just haven't said anything since. Then. <laughs> <laughs> See, you were gonna get a marriage proposal too. Yeah, right? maybe. I don't know. Sorry, Patrick. I'm just I like to poke you. Poke. <laughs> I'm gonna start poke poking. the bear. <laughs> I'm not leaving you alive. I'm off my game today. I'm going to come back. But whatever. Yeah. No, while I was away, I was absolutely, every time he popped up on my my thing, I just hit Marcus Reed. Mm-hmm. You mean Marcus Red? Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you didn't catch it. <laughs> Cause I was going to, I was going to, I was going to correct myself, and I'm like, if they didn't notice, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> no, I noticed. I was going to let it go, and I thought, no, no, no. Yeah, you took a little while. Like, you let me believe there was a chance I was getting away with that one. Yeah, that's I, why I it's so fun. With the ugly joke, so. <laughs> yeah. Tell oh, wait, I got friend. a new ring. I don't know if you can tell what it says. It says. I see. I. No, I D I C. Idic. Oh, I can, we can't see the first eye. There it is. There it is. <laughs> I was it's reading hard. You were it's a ring. It <laughs> I'm not holding it backwards. It's so you the were camera. It backwards. You were I'm okay, sorry. Brandy, that was an unsolicited idic pick. <laughs> <laughs> or an iDick pick. <laughs> I'm on an iMac, so that makes sense. <laughs> My sincere apologies. I did not mean to make anyone uncomfortable. <laughs> we can't do this anymore, Brandon. Um, <laughs> we've got our stinger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I guess I'm going to have to upload this to Basecamp, huh? Yes, you will. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I'll, I'll edit this one here. So. That, that's your stinger, so... <laughs> oh, that was great. Damn. Okay, we ready to start this nonsense? <laughs> sure. Yes. Why not?